by Didier Drogba. Yes, the greatest night in Chelsea's history. Champions of Europe at last. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Fulham Road Podcast. In today's episode, we have a wonderful guest on. Now, this has been in the making for well over a month now. This guy is an absolute tactical genius. Like, if you don't follow this guy for tactics on Twitter, for Chelsea Football Twitter, I don't know what you're doing with your life, honestly. Like, this guy is famous for dismantling journalists on a regular as well. And he has the hand, the hand of shit. He he dishes out some real, he dishes out some real stuff on here, man. And he, I just absolutely loved him because he always interacts with everyone, irrespective of how many followers you are. And he doesn't tweet about how the sky is blue and gets four thousand likes either. But this <laughs> is the twelfth man, Ms. Raman. Man, how are you doing? Man. Fantastic. First of all, thank you so much for that introduction. I don't think I don't think I've ever had an introduction like that for myself in football Twitter. So um, that gave me goosebumps, but at the same time got me really, really excited. Um, you've pretty much summed up exactly what I do in football Twitter. Um, so yeah, man, I can't wait for this. I'm really, really honoured to be in this um, uh, particular podcast that you guys have, both yourself and Josh. Um, so thank you so much for having me. Not a problem. Not a problem. So I mean. So the normal episode, as it goes, we're going to review the Chelsea versus Wolves game. Oh, well, that was something else. And we're also going to be talking about Chelsea's tactics this season, and then we get into the banter segment. My name is Dami, and I'm joined by Josh, as usual. Josh, how are you doing? Well, considering that we've just dismantled Wolverhampton Wanderers 5-2 at their own ground, <laughs> I'm doing pretty fucking amazing. How about you? Yeah, I'm doing quite great to be fair. So we're going to jump straight into that match review. So we're not going to take too long on this. But yeah, I'm not going to speak too much on this. I'm just going to let you guys do your thing. But all I'm going to say is, it's my boy Tammy, in it? Like, I said this thing. I said Tammy is going to be my starting striker. And he's not proving me wrong. Obviously, I want to see him do this consistently. And now he's broken the, he's not scored against the big team, Premier League team curse. So he's broken that now and he scored, I mean, the goals he scored today were absolutely brilliant as well. And now he's beginning to show why Jorginho as well is actually like why he never, like people weren't finishing off the passes he gave off. But I'm going to let you guys get straight into this though. Miz, what are your thoughts on the match? Yeah, man. I mean, as Josh said, uh, absolutely ecstatic. Um, Let's start from the top, I suppose, when the um, lineup came out. There was a lot of arming and arming all across the fan base um you know when i first looked at the form uh, uh the lineup i was a bit confused as to i mean is this 4-2-3-1 or is this 4-3-3 and then i realized well hold on a second i think this is a 3-4-3 with alonzo um you know as as the wing back with aspie and the three center backs at the back and i'm, I'm going to be honest with you guys i was a bit pessimistic and a bit skeptic when i saw that um formation because it's been a while since since we've played that formation um and you know we're up against a team that always plays that formation so i was a bit concerned that you know how are we going to perform against a team that consistently plays like this i know i understand why frank would have done it because 
he won he wanted to mimic um you know wolves uh, formation and the way they play but at the same time he probably wanted to fit in Alonso and he probably realized that both Alonso and Asby are probably struggling um, as, yeah. as fullbacks and yeah. probably for them the wingback situation is a lot better. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm so ecstatic to be honest that it, 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 it worked out. So yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah, I'm actually so glad we actually finally got, and that was a convincing win as well. That's what all I've been asking for. We're still defensively suspect once again and we can't, mm necessarily keep on doing that but yeah josh what did you think of the match Ooh, that match i mean i guess i can start it from top like miz you like miz just did but yeah i mean my reaction when i saw the lineup i was thinking dear god i'm seeing marcus alonso in the flesh again (laughs) (laughs) um and i'm gonna be honest with you i thought marcus alonso versus adama triore we are getting fucked at least 3-0 here. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I, I just... I liked how Frank switched up the formation to match Wolves with the three at the back. However, I was thinking, we don't really have the personnel to do this. So yeah. I was not confident at all going into the match. I thought that even before the formation came out, I thought, this is Wolves in their backyard. They're a different mm-hmm. beast in their backyard. You know, teams like City, teams like Liverpool can't go there and win. What what makes us a team that's like three levels down from both of those teams going to make, what's going to enable us to go there and win? So I was not confident at all. But then, obviously, the match kicks off and, you know, the first 30 minutes, I'll just, I, I mean, I think we can all agree on this, but boring, absolute snooze fest. Yeah. It was, and then were, from yeah. out of nowhere, Fakayo Tomori decides to channel, if he has any of this in him, decides to channel <laughs> his inner Essien in just unleash one. I mean, un- oh, that goal, the way it curved. I mean, people will blame Patricio for it, but I can't remember the last time Chelsea scored a screamer like that. I mean, it's been a long time since we've seen a goal like that. It's just a 30-yard screamer. Once we scored the first, it was like, okay, now we're playing. Now, obviously, Tamori played a really, really big hand in the second goal as well um, hmm. by you know getting into the half space and then passing it to Mount, who, I mean, if Tammy didn't finish it, it would have been called back for a penalty. So Mount did really, really well there. Um and then Tammy obviously finished it. And, yeah, I mean, I'm just going to highlight those three players, especially today. Fakayo Tomori, an absolute monster in defense. Great going forward. Tammy Abraham. Um, I'm going to have to really, really start drafting up my letter of apology. Um, <laughs> because my guy on the third goal, the way he stopped and he did that skill move on Cody... He, he was looking like Henri in that. Like, I'm I'm not mm. saying he is Terry Henri, not even close to that, but I'm saying he looked like Henri when he did that. And that is, like, hat-trick against Wolves at the Molyneux. Like, Jesus, did I underestimate this guy. Like, th- this is, like, people have, like, L's of 2019. I, I Like, that is, like, I can't believe I underestimated this guy because he's looking like an elite level striker potentially 
And then Mason Mount, I mean, at the end, he just got the goal he deserved. Vallejo was on skates the whole game. That that defender is, was absolutely woeful. And Mason Mount isolated him, and Mason Mount did the rest. So, I mean, overall, the performance for me, 10 out of 10. Going to, going to Wolves and scoring five goals. Like, that, that is insane. And the way, that, the way that Frank has us attacking as well, like, obviously we played attacking football last year under Sari, but I feel like Frank utilizes the wings a lot more. And we're going to get onto this later especially, but, I mean, we utilized the wings really, really well today. And we really stretched Wolves, especially on the counterattack. Mm. They, they couldn't cope because once we attack that space – we had and we just our quality um, helped us in the final third, and it was also I thought insanely impressive in the first half when you know we we scored after we scored that first goal and we made it three nil really quickly. I was shocked at how clinical we were because mm. we usually are not a very clinical team and we usually take like four good chances to score a goal. Today I thought we were very clinical overall. You know, I thought we had probably seven, eight clear-cut chances and took five of them. So I was very impressed overall today. And I'm just happy that, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to watching Chelsea again. Like, after that match ended, I was like, I can't wait for Valencia midweek now. I just want the game to be here already. So, yeah, those are my thoughts on the match. So I'll hand it back to you, Dami. Yeah, I mean, personally... Before I let Ms. round off this uh, review, little mini review, for me, uh, once again, I mean, I'm going to sound as I've come across as pessimistic, even though I have no reason to be. But you guys, <laughs> once again, I mean, Tammy has scored seven goals in the first games of the season. I don't care who the hell you are, but nobody was expecting him to be doing that well at this point of the season. But once again, I'm, I'm going to get slayed for this. Please, please hear me out. Guys, hear me out. Please don't attack my DMs. But Morata <laughs> started off really well as well. Let's not forget that. I'm not saying they have the same mentality, but let's see Tammy do this consistently first. And once again, just a quick reminder that I also said he should be our starting striker before the season started. So it's not like uh, I'm coming on here. I'm, I still want him to be our starting striker, but let him do it consistently. Three three goals at Wolves is absolutely am- is amazing, but still let's get this done consistently. So, Miss, do you have anything else to say with regards to the match before we move on? Yeah, I, I was just gonna, as you said, you know, <clears throat> I guess round things up and and touch on some of those individual performances that you you guys have already touched on. Um, but give my perspective on it. Um, Dummy, you're absolutely right. You know, there's there's mm. there's no need to um jump the gun at the moment for Tammy. Yeah. But at the same time, be excited as well. You need to be excited. But nonetheless, let's. this is my take on the game. And, and as Josh was saying, it was kind of boring the first, I suppose. Um, you know, That was basically like, sorry, like people saying, complaining about sorry ball. That was, if, le- if level or if not worse, in terms of how boring it was, in my opinion, anyways. But yeah, sorry for cutting you off. No, that's fine. But you know what? Sure, it was boring, and 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 you know, in terms of entertainment, it was it was lacking. But what I saw that was interesting for me in that first twenty to twenty five minutes was that how comfortable we were. Like I honestly thought with a three four three change up, you know, something that we haven't played for so long, 
we looked so comfortable. Um, you know, none of the players looked phased at all. We looked defensively a lot tighter. Um, I really thought, um, you know, Wolves would have picked us up, uh, picked us off easily. Um, there were a few moments where Adama Chaira did go past Alonso, but at the same time, we were still resolute in defense. There was a couple of times where Mount dropped back and, you know, cleared the ball off. Um, a few times where Tomori or Rudiger did did a fantastic job, but let's not forget Christiansen was phenomenal. Like I've I've written down a lot of notes on Christiansen throughout the match, and he he made some really really good tackles. Spilicueta looked a lot um, you know safer as well. Like he didn't have to protect that right side so uh, astutely. I suppose you know he was given the freedom to go up and not be worried that he's going to be found out when uh, when going backwards because Rudiger in, in in the second half Zuma was there. So, yeah, it was boring, but at the same time, I was comfortable that, wow, you know, th- these boys look like they've been training this. Um, it's interesting. And, um, and and let's not forget the, the midfield of um, Kovacic and Jorginho, you know, especially Kovacic. Um, the amount of times he took us away from defense with, you know, him being so press resist- resistant, uh, allowing us to, you know, soak that pressure up and then you know he'll dribble past two or three players and he'll just open things up Jorginho was pretty good as well look there were there were definitely you know across the board there were definitely some mistimed passes but that's fine that that can happen in a match but overall um <clears throat> they were they were very very good and going forward man Tammy wow this guy was just phenomenal um the three goals he scored, every goal just got better and better. Every week he's now looking better and better. You did mention about Morata's, um, you know, uh, the the comparison. And this is what I have to say about it. And I know it's still early days. This lad has gone through so much crap since the Liverpool yeah. game. You know, he's copped abuse. He's copped, you know, booze. He's, um, and then he's come out of that match, <clears throat> excuse me, with... Three goal, um, sorry, seven goals out of three matches. So, you know, he's he's just he's just developing into a monster. And this is what I like about this guy that, you know, someone like Morata, um, you know, later in his career in, in Chelsea, he was he was diminishing, couldn't control, you know, couldn't handle the pressure, couldn't handle yeah, the crowds, and, and yeah. yeah, and then <clears throat> someone like Tammy, he's just, it's like. It's hurting him inside so much that he copped that, that he just wants to go out there and prove people wrong. And I think he's got the manager's back. Uh, Frank simply trusts this kid so much. And, you know, he's, he's changing a lot of the fans' views. Well, myself as well. I, I wasn't a massive, you know, um, uh, fan of him before the start of the season. But, you know, I'm a believer. Once the season starts, I've got to start backing the player because, you know, he's, he's now playing for Chelsea, so I've got to back him. And I'm glad I'm backing him, man. I mean, uh, just a side story. Uh, one of the only transfers I did in the Fantasy Premier League this week was to bring in Tammy. So I'm really, really happy that, <laughs> you know, he's paid off for me. Um, and Tamori, yeah, as as Josh was saying, a master blaster strike, SEN-esque. Um, and that, that goal was obviously top notch and and anyone who's saying that um you know patricia was could have done more please <laughs> don't kid yourself that was hit like a rocket into the right hand corner patricia as good as he is there's nothing he no could chance. have done about that no chance i mean people can say i oh, could have positioned him be- himself better and whatnot look it came out of nowhere and it came like a rocket so um let's not be harsh on patricia let's let's 
indulge on the on the um, great shot that you know Tomori uh, did, I suppose. And overall, his defensive qualities were fantastic as well. He looked after that left side of the centre back nicely. Um, you know that the three at the back definitely looked nice in terms of you know covering for the half spaces and everyone. The, the distinct difference I saw when it was two at the back and as opposed to three is no one had to, you know, no one seemed completely out of position. Like sometimes when, when it was two at the back and, and the counter-attack would happen or any sort of attack would happen or even a set piece, there were a lot of players that was constantly out of, out of you know, the structure. Um, and, and three at the back just felt like they all seemed so comfortable, so nicely positioned. Um, and every every gap was nicely covered. Um, and yeah, Mason Mount was fantastic as well. For me, he, he he had an excellent game. A lot of people gave me stick for it as soon as I commented on that in in my post match review. They were like, "Oh, what did you see good about Mason Mount? You know, he just scored goals, mate." Like, I mean, you keep saying that week after week after week that he just scores goals. Like, that's part of the game as well to, for him to score goals. But I saw a lot of good things about him in terms of pressing, in terms of you know linking up, in terms of even dropping deep to defend. Um, and let's not forget the set pieces. His set pieces are getting really, really dangerous. And sooner or later, we're going to stop you know putting this, putting those away as well. So you know that that's another fantastic asset for us. Um, in the second half, look, you know those two goals. I really wanted the clean sheet, but those two goals. First one, I think Kepa could have done a lot better. Um, you know, he, he he was looking up to, to um, Tammy and he was like, oh, what are you doing? But to be honest, it was really Kepa. He should have saved that. Yeah. Um, and he didn't. And um, the second one was really unlucky. I mean, he did save and it just fumbled and fell straight in front of the um, Wolves player. So, look, overall, I think I don't recall any other situation where we completely got opened up and and wolves, you know, just missed or whatnot. Um, defensively, we looked resolute. Got just a couple of mistakes. And going forward, as Josh was saying, I reckon we could have had another two more goals. Um, we were very clinical. Um, and Tammy and Mount are just looking. Whew, we, we we've got something happening here, boys. We've got something happening. Yeah, we do. We do. Oh man, it's so exciting. So I mean, Miss, I have a first question for you from. Christine Pulisic, I'm guessing you definitely know who she is. Now, yes. she's asking what strengths from today should we carry forward to Tuesday against Valencia and what weaknesses can we best learn from? Nice question. Thank you, first of all, Christian, um, uh, for, for that question. Um, the, the strengths that I can take probably is I'd like to continue with this three at the back. I think it's worked against Wolves. And I know a lot of people are going to say, oh, you know, yeah, here, we ball, uh, yeah. <laughs> here we go. Here we go, you know, jumping on the bandwagon again. But but why break something if it's looking so comfortable? You know, for the time being, I, I don't know exactly how Valencia plays. I haven't watched Valencia for a little while, so I don't know exactly how they play. And, and Frank could mix it up again. But if, for example, Emerson's not fit again for this match, which... I don't think he may be. Um, if you're not fit against Wolves, uh, I don't know how you get fit for Valencia three days later. Um, he probably might be fit for Liverpool. But if he's not fit um, and, and Alonso's got to play, and as my main man, Matisse, was saying um, just before the match, you know, he, he would rather like the wing-back scenario if Alonso's playing. It just allows 
um, us and, and as Bill Equeto on the other side to to have that freedom. And and to be honest, I think with the centre backs that we have right now, they need a little bit more protection as well. Um, so uh, the strengths I would take is 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 the formation itself. I would like to carry that on against Valencia and see how that works out. Let these three centre backs, um, you know, whether it be Rudiger or Zuma, uh, definitely Christians and Tomori have to start. Um, let these boys gel as well, and let them let them feel that confidence. Um, I think the more and more they can keep, a, you know, get close to keeping a clean sheet, you, you're gonna start seeing a different Chelsea team. You know, you're gonna see a Chelsea team that's gonna ooze in confidence, that's gonna boss games, that's gonna start looking arrogant as well, because um, we can score goals. But we look shaky when we are at the back. But once these boys can put up, you know, a, a string of couple of good clean sheets. I think I think we're going to start seeing a dominant force coming back against. So for me, the strength would be is the formation. I want that to carry on. That looked really really good for me. Um, one weakness I would say is it's very hard to nail a weakness when when you've had when you've had a pretty good game um, against Wolves. But one weakness I would say is is those laps of concentration we keep yes. seeing. You know, second yes. half. Yes. For me, for me. It, if I was Frank, right, boys, if I was Frank, I know exactly, and I'm pretty sure Frank's motivated them and whatnot, but my message would have been that, boys, let's play for the clean sheet. Let's not give anything away. You know, with three up, I don't care. Imagine with, you know, none up, and you go out there and you protect that, you know, goal of, of yours, and you don't let anything in. And I think that first goal was just, it was a lapse of concentration for me. Um, some of the boys just switched off. You know, we were three 0 up, cruising, and this is what I need, and and this is what's going to take us into becoming an elite force again. If you guys remember the days of when we used to have Lampard and the Essians and the Balaks, you know, these guys never dropped concentration. They were twenty four seven, you know. But our boys, we go moments of fantastic football where we demolish the opposition, and then we look like schoolboy kids in the very next minute. So the weakness for me would be is. Let's have utter concentration for 19 plus minutes. And I've got no doubt we can wipe teams off. These youth players are looking so hungry. And these, let's not forget mm. the performances of William as well. Like a, a lot of people probably wouldn't appreciate this. Baptism but season. You know what? I, I loved his performance yesterday. Yes, look, his contribution in the final third is still rubbish, but... There's a lot of work that he does from defense to offense. Um, you know, his his ability, you know, press resistance, his ability to just you know, transition from defense to offense is, just allows us to have that, you know, stress get relieved. Um, and and Espiliqueta, uh, another senior player that had a fantastic match as well. So, yeah, like for me, um, lapse of concentration and, and, and these senior players hopefully can, you know, keep keep on top of that and just keep reminding that let's let's keep going let's not forget that the match isn't over after 45 minutes it's it's for 90 minutes mm. perfect man perfect i fully agree with you as well and like you said with the formation i think the thing is a lot of people for 343 three, they think mm. of soccer ball they think of conte they think of how he implemented it but the thing is, Frank is trying to play, mm. and we'll get more into this as well, because I want to hear your thoughts on uh, ta Frank's actual tactics, because unlike sure. today, I don't know some games where we play, I don't know what the hell the formation is, if you get what I mean. 
today, mm. I think today has been our best match this season. I think no, no, Liverpool away was quite good to be fair, but I think this is one of in terms of like actual being clinical and everything. Today was really up there with the match. Oh, I'd agree. Yeah, yeah. Liverpool yeah. game was very good as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So I mean, but for me, I think this formation as well. It's going to be different since it's more direct. You know, Conte was a freaking. He was a puppet master, and they had like exact, <laughs> precise passes. You remember them one where you just pass the right back from the off guard, and then he crosses it into whatever. But yeah, it's not going to be that kind of stiff football. I mean, it works for Conte, but Frank is looking for a more uh, different style. But yeah, I mean, before I ask, get on to the main segment, Josh, do you have anything to say about the the three four three? Yeah. So. The 3-4-3, what was interesting and what I observed today, so obviously with Conte, Conte, he when he had the 3-4-3, he had David Luiz, uh, Aspie, and Gary Cahill for the majority of games that we played in that formation. Mm-hmm. So let's break that down player by player. Gary Cahill, certified brick, um, literally was protected <laughs> due to that system. If, if he were playing in a back two, as he is right now at Palace, He's getting ripped to shreds, and I'm not surprised because I understand that he was a good servant to the club. But in terms of actual defensive ability, this guy was pretty horrific for us. Mm. Um, David Luiz. David Luiz in a back three was really good. His distribution was amazing, as it always was. Um, defensively, he was protected a bit as well. Yeah, David Luiz was solid in a back three, as was Aspie. Aspie defensively was a... Very, very solid player in the back three. Um, did everything he was supposed to very well. Going forward, he didn't have to contribute that much, which suited his game. So, yeah. But the difference is, Conte sat that back three. None of them got forward. They, they, mm. When you looked at us, they were all sitting at the halfway mm. line. What Lampard did today with his back three was similar to what you what we saw against Sheffield United with uh, Wilder. Mm. And that is... So say when Marcus Alonso or Aspie got forward, the center back on that side would get forward to support them as well. So that's why we saw Tomori for the second goal being that yeah. far forward and making that underlapping run with the ball. Um, and we saw Rudiger helping out Aspie a lot as a passing option before he came off, and then Zuma did it a lot in the second half. And I like it because what it does is when you're playing, especially against a team like a back four, like last week when we were playing um, Sheffield United, or a few weeks ago, rather, what it would do is it would leave Aspie 2v1 with a, a lot of times, especially because Pulisic wasn't tracking back. So it really requires your wingers in a uh, back four situation to track back, which then forces the whole team back. Um, meaning it's harder for them to counter. So I like it. Um, and if Sheffield United were, you know, ha- had a little more quality, I can definitely see this uh, system going places in terms of being effective. But like the system itself works for Sheffield United. It just it doesn't work to the full extent because obviously they lack a lot of major quality and a lot of positions, mm-hmm. which is no disrespect to them, but. Um, the difference for us is that we have quality in those positions and we have players that can play and be more than comfortable in those positions. So I, I like the back three and I definitely like it for now. However, when we return to full fitness and everyone is raring and everyone's on uh, all, all cylinders, 
and literally every single player is perfectly match fit to go. I would like us to go back to a back four simply because Emerson and Reese James going forward, I feel um, that would be really, really good. But also, I, I just I prefer back fours because I think it allows you to attack more efficiently as opposed to back three. But for mm-hmm. now, I can mm-hmm. I, I can definitely understand why Frank is doing it, and I agree with why he's doing it because defensively we're quite porous now, and mm-hmm. until Conte is back, especially. I think we should continue to stick with this because it, it, it's really helping eliminate a lot of the gaps that were in our defense previously. Mm. Mm. Also, and, and, have, and, yeah, yeah. I was just going to add, Josh. You, you've absolutely nailed it, mate. Um, you know, and I posted something yesterday pre-match as all well, that. Yeah, without Kante, without Kante, we we struggle um, to have any sort of, um, you know. Four two three one formation that Frank generally likes, or even a four three three, which is tough without Kante as well. Um, and I agree with you, Josh, that w- until he's fit, and, and I don't want him to be rushed back either because he's constantly getting injured now. Every time he comes back, he takes a knock, he gets injured, um, and he's vital for our our squad and our team and the way we play. So I want him to be absolutely fit and raring to yeah. go. Um, and and until then, you know, look. This is what I like about Frank, and this is what I expected from him. That, and I've quoted this few times as well. That I want him to mix things up. I want him to sometimes confuse the fan base, like he did to us yesterday, um, and and you know, and also confuse the opposition as well. So, this is this is the best thing about about Frank that he doesn't just stick to the same thing over and over again, week in week out. Look down the track in order to create a philosophy. Yeah, sure, we will do that. But as you said, Josh. And dummy as well. Until we get our players completely fit and back, let's change things up and and let's change it up to the ability where it's best suited for us. Um, so yeah, yeah. Also, I mean, for me as well, I still feel he he can. I think that is one of his advantages. And also, I've one of been I've been one of his biggest crit- critiques for his tactics tactically. Like I've said before. I don't think he's the best tactically. He's still relatively new to tactics. But one thing that that allows us to do is to be very flexible. I can guarantee you nobody on this planet expected us to line up with the 3-4-3 today. I mean, when we played against nobody expected us to do that. And it worked out really, really well. I think his philosophy, and I'm sure we can discuss this a bit better later, is... Definitely just get... I mean, today we didn't really press any... We didn't press anywhere near as aggressively as we normally do. Mm. But I think Frank's game is aggressive pressing and then just real straight-up football. Like, proper... It's kind of like... You know, Saribor was a bit more... Like, uh, everybody was very close together and, like, passing short, passing... But Lampard is more like, get the ball, move it really quickly... It can be, what, 15 metres away. It can be 100. I mean, not 100, but it can be... My point is that I think that's what Lampard is trying to play. And I'm really glad that we have a manager who is unpredictable. Because, I mean, I was mm. completely rattled when I saw the starting lineup and I saw what we are going to do. But it worked out really, really well. So, yeah, that's pretty much that on the, on the game. I mean, we're still going to make a lot of references about the game, but... Ms. one of my first questions for you from the main segment of this episode 
is mm-hmm. can you break down Chelsea's tactics this season? Because it's literally been all over the place and there's some matches where people argue it was 4-3-3 or it was 4-2-3-1. But, but because of the kind of players we have, it could be any of the two. It just makes me feel like we have four defenders. I know we're going to start with one keeper, four defenders, <laughs> and then I don't know what the hell is happening up front. But So yeah, can you give us like detailed breakdown? in like five minutes or so. Sure, sure. Look, I think I'll I'll start off by saying, um, you know, what Frank's formation, the general formation that he kind of plays with. I haven't watched too much of Derby last season. I don't know about you guys, how much you guys have watched Derby. But from from what I can see, his default formation is 4-2-3-1. He really, really finds it comfortable. I think it also, he finds it comfortable because that's the formation that he, once upon a time, Played for us yeah, in in yeah. Chelsea, the, the the famous teams that we had, the epic teams that we had, was generally four two three one. Um, so that's one thing uh, that that is you know we know that's that's Frank. The other thing that I can tell about Frank uh, so far is you know he loves the press. He loves the pressing game. He loves intensity up front. He wants his players to just run twenty four seven, and and. Uh, and and that's that's definitely one one of his other facets of his game. The one key thing that I really really like this season, though, and and apparently he he was doing this in Derby as well, but he still kept the fundamentals of last season that we had from Sari. Um, we're still possession based. Um, we still do build ups uh, from the back. You know, Kepa's still you know, distributing and nicely. The centre backs are you know given the license to to build up. Um, and the midfield of you know Jorginho Kovacic um, are, are still controlling it and and playing those little passes, but uh, do agree what Dami said is that we move the ball a lot quicker. Uh, that's the big difference for me from last season where there were far too many times we were trying to move from side to side looking for that intricate pass that that killer pass. But whereas now it's more no let's just swift it as as quickly as we can. Um, and get to the you know the final third of of the opposition half, and let's just create chaos there. Let's have lots of movement, and um, you know try and stretch the game as as wide as we can. And and um, whether it be a cutback, whether it be a cross, we saw a nice decent cross from Alonso as well today. Um, so yeah, for me that's the initial tactics I feel for Frank. He wants to have four two three one as his default. He wants to have intense press. And he wants to still do build up. Now, having said that, he has been found out very, very quickly in the first five games by playing the 4 2 3 1. Um, and the way he's been found out, and, and this is my take on it, is the press that we play with 4 2 3 1, the defense is too scared to go up with the press because they're worried. I feel they're worried that they're going to get a ball behind them and speedy players like, you know, in Man United, Rashford and your Martials um, in, in, against Leicester, Vardy's, they're, they're worried that we don't want to push too far ahead because we may get caught out. Um, and, and this comes down to, I suppose, the qualities of our centre-backs. Um, I remember having a conversation once again with Matisse is that, you know, we both agreed none of our centre-backs, and Rudy goes probably a bit above this, but the other ones are probably not your absolute world-class defenders. You know, we don't have a Virgin, uh, Virgil van Dijk, right? Um, and and, and the, the centre-backs we have are very good, but they're not, you wouldn't call them a defensive leader. So that's probably why they're a bit scared. And now for them, 
to be scared and not pushing up along with the rest of the team when they press, that leaves massive gaps in the middle. Um, as you guys would have seen against the game against Man United, the first one, yeah. there were certain players for Man United that didn't drop back. Players like Pogba, uh, players like Rashford and Martial, they just stayed in the midfield area and let the defense sort of, the, the defense sat deep, allowed us to press them. They, they would break the press and then boom, counter. And we are caught out. The amount of space in the middle was just unbelievable. Players like Pogba, it was just, you know, holiday season for them. They would just ping passes and find, play, find, um, find their forwards. And similarly against Leicester, where I feel like we did have a moment of 4-3-3, but with Leicester, that was a strange game for me where, we lost energy after 20 minutes. Um, a lot of people were saying it was too many matches uh, in the beginning. Um, and I feel that's where Lampard, and that, that that's one game where I feel Lampard missed a trick where, as you said, Dami, you know, he's still growing as a manager. Tactically, he's not there yet. He's definitely improving. Um, and I feel that's a game where he could have perhaps used a substitute earlier in the game. You know, when yeah. he saw his team sapping energy, he should have just taken someone out and just go, mate, you know, whoever it is, whether it's Willian or whoever else was fit that day, just go, mate, go out there and change the change the energy structure because our players are sapping energy. I don't know why, but you go out there and you build it up again. You know, I would have loved to see, you know, a halftime change or maybe just before halftime just to shake the team up a little bit that you know what no this is not accepted you cannot go you know energy flat after 20 minutes that's just not accepted so and then you know the other substitutes as well in that whole match i didn't appreciate as well um and and that that, that match against leicester like to be honest if it went any further I, I feel leicester would have got us um where our midfield was just getting dominated once again the press was just getting um beaten up half spaces just opening up there's so many chances Leicester had in that second half it's not even funny um the match against Norwich again we saw the 4-2-3-1 and once again the similar problems going forward we looked fantastic but in the midfield and this is I guess this will go down as an unpopular opinion um for, for in, in the fan base a double pivot in my opinion of Jorginho and Kante as awesome as it sounds and as awesome as they are technically, they're not defensively astute to be in a double pivot. Yeah. That's my take on it. And this is why I need Kante. If you're going to play a double pivot, if you're going to play 4-2-3-1, you need to have Kante there. As much as I don't like that formation, it's a dead formation for me, but you know Frank yeah. Frank believes in it, which is fine, but you cannot have Jorginho and Kante. And you'll notice there was a few times against Norwich where – we blamed Aspi for the goal and we blamed the right side, which is fine. But there was a lot of work that Jorginho and, and, and Kovacic could have done to um, stop the play or, or keep tighter on the on their man in midfield, which then eventually drove and, and took Aspilicueta apart and then the defensive structure fell apart. So we, we tend to, as a fan base, look at the final product of, of a particular goal that we concede, but we don't sometimes look at how it all instigated from the midfield. Um, and, and against Sheffield as well, you'll notice there was a couple of times where, yes, Aspilicueta gets absolutely dragged away, but if you notice the plays just before that, there was a few things that either Kovacic or Jorginho could have done. But... They're, for me, they're not the best double pivot combination. For me, they're far better suited in the 4-3-3 or as we saw the 3-4-3 where, yes, there are the double pivot, but they've got the they've got the reliance 
of the wing backs to 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 keep them a lot tighter. Um, so, yeah, that that's what I would say in terms of the tactical stuff. Um, you know, for me, Frank, once again against Sheffield, which was a devastating match for us as a fan base, just heartbreaking. Um, you know, his subs probably wasn't the great. You know. Um, Billy Gilmore substitute at 86th minute with four minutes to go and plus stoppage time we were leading. I feel like some someone like Chris Jansen could have come on at that time and and just shut up shop. You know sometimes you don't have to follow your principles and and play pretty football. Sometimes you just do what you need to do to get the three points. And I'm not saying I'm not blaming Billy Gilmore for that particular um, conceding of the goal that day. Not at all. He you know his his debut was fantastic, but that substitution just didn't make sense if he had sent chris jansen that would have changed the mentality of the team team would have realized okay the gaffer sent in a defend defender i think we get the message what he wants us to do is shut up shop that's it um you bring someone like Gil- Bill- billy gilmore and and as a team i feel like well what, what's the message here is he brought in as a defender is he brought in someone to control the match is he brought in to score a goal that's a lot to ask for someone who's 18 um yeah, to, to expect yeah, to expect all of that from an 18-year-old is, is a bit too much. Um, so, yeah, overall, tactically, I think, Frank, and this is something I guess Josh touched on as well with the and yourself with the 3-4-3, we probably didn't press as intensely as we normally do because of the formation just allows us to be a little bit more um, yeah, relaxed in that manner. You don't have to press as much. Yeah. So it's like naturally a more... I wouldn't say it's naturally more defensive, but yeah, it kind of is. It kind of is, yeah, because of the nature of the act, like the actual, like just the way the formation is. Not necessarily. I don't think it was a tactical thing, but we just didn't need to press as much due to the shape of of uh, of our players and how everyone matched up as well. So yeah, exactly. And and going forward as well, like you know, the wing backs just naturally allow you to, to you know to be attacking, and and going backwards as well naturally allows you to be defensive. Um, and and quickly just to touch on what Josh said in terms of the three four three, which is a lot different to contest three four three is one, the personnel that we have right now, they are very very good. Uh, I feel Tomori is very good with the ball um yes whereas gary cahill he was not he's not very great with the ball look no disrespect to gary cahill as josh said as well that you know fantastic servant of the um of the club uh, lots of achievement but let's let's not beat around the bush that you know he was great with the ball um he definitely wasn't he isn't um and, and tomorrow is someone is shite i think that's the definition <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, and 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 tomorrow for me you know he's very good with the ball Rudiger, as we know, he's excellent with the ball. Chris Jansen is very decent with the ball. Um, and that's why, you know, players like Tomori, you know, we, we saw that uh, Sheffield sort of scenario where the, the centre-backs overlapping, you know. Tomori, for his goal, was middle of the field. Um, and, and even for the second goal for Tammy, where he was part of the nice build-up and, and he's the one who actually sort of instigated that that whole movement and then Tammy sort of lays it off um, albeit uh, sort of deflected but Tomori was so high up in the pitch um, I don't recall Conte's centre-backs being so high up in the pitch Um, and this allows our wing-backs to be further wider and that's why we saw some really clever runs from Aspilicueta where he was constantly overlapping and and this is where I feel William was fantastic where he, he didn't have 
the the natural wingers game. He did sort of drift in, allowing Aspilicueta to overlap, and uh, you know dragging the defense away. And then you know before you know, Aspilicueta hits the byline, and you know he was unlucky. There, there was a couple of crosses. You know, if he just got it in pinpoint areas, we could have banged in a few more goals. So. A lot, lot different to Conte's 3-4-3. This was a lot more fluid, a lot more possession-based 3-4-3. And um, hence, you know, I'd like to see a lot more of it. So just to sum up, I suppose, boys, um, before I've been going on for too long about this, but tactically, I think it's great to see Frank be flexible. Um, and, and it's great to see that Frank's trying things and he's trying to figure out what's best for his team. And I love that. Um, but he needs to keep... Keep at it. He, he can't just relax now. He, he can't just think, oh, yeah, you know what? 3-4-3, three, three. that's exactly who we are now. And that's what we're going to play. And before you know it, Valencia does something different. And that whole 3-4-3 three, three looks awful. So he's got to be on the on the toe all the time. He's got to analyze. He's got to look at his subs. And he's he's got to play to play to the strengths of the team. And also, at the same time, change things up if, if the game's not going his way. Um, you know, don't, don't, be, don't be scared to change things up. Be bold to make changes in-game, um, and, and, and that's how he's going to get a lot better. Perfect, man. Perfect. This is what we have you on, man. To get all these... Ta- Bless us, man. Bless us with this knowledge, <laughs> innit? You know them two-minute, 20, two minute 20 second videos are just not long enough. And it's you can not. only have so many... Your threads can only be so long. But, yeah, before I get on to my next question, Josh, mm. can you, like, just... Do you have anything else to say on that, like, like really quickly? Like, really quickly? Um... I mean, not really. I think Miz has really hit everything on the head. So, all right, yeah, fair enough. Then. Fair enough. So, Miz, another question I have for you is: How important are the likes of Reese James, Hudson Adoy, Loftus Cheek in improving our tactics and overall gameplay? Yeah, look, I think. They're going to be phenomenal, man, to be honest. Every time I talk about these players coming back, I, I, I actually get goosebumps. You know, I saw a little bit of clip it off Reese James in our development game where he just pings a ball from the right side to the left side with absolute no um, you know, effort at all. So I feel some some of these players, especially the ones that you just mentioned, Reese James, um, you know, Kalamata Nadoi, uh, Loftus-Cheek, they're just going to make it that much more intense for us, that much more electric for us going forward and in, in, in defense as well. Like I'm, I'm really excited someone like Reese James who's who's got the ability to run up and down nonstop. Can you imagine, just imagine if we had someone like Reese James instead of Aspilicueta against the Wolves game, a fit Reese James, he would have just ate that game apart. You know, if, if you saw some, and this is no disrespect to Aspilicueta at all. Um, you know, someone like, Reese James, if he was in the overlapping runs, uh, as opposed to Aspie, um, and and you know Reese is phenomenal with his crosses, he would have just pinged them in nicely for Tammy, and yeah. Tammy would have just eaten them all up, you know. Yeah. Um, and and you know someone like Ruben Loftus Cheek as well, you know, I really want to see us go back to four three three and Ruben Loftus Cheek in the left left center mid position oh. with someone like oh man it's it's orgasmic i know it is man it is and someone like emerson who's having a phenomenal season reese on the other side calamans are not doing left wing can you imagine guys can you imagine the source we're gonna have um so yeah kante ribbon loftus cheek Jorginho, then you have a subs, subs of, you know, Kovacic and, you know, Pulisic and whatnot. You, you're starting to see depth, you know, you're starting to see depth. And 
it's it's fantastic, man. I cannot wait. These these players are going to add a lot more to our tactics. It's going to allow us to be a lot more flexible as well, even more flexible. And uh, it's a good headache to, uh, for us to have. A lot of the fan base that, that I constantly see in football, Twitter, uh, arming and more, oh, what's going to happen? Well, who's, you know, when Ruben Loftus-Cheek comes back, uh, you know, Kovacic doesn't get to play or that guy doesn't get to, You know what, guys? Be blessed. Be thankful that we're going to be in that position because we are not in that position now. We're... A player gets injured. We are worried. What's going to happen? Someone like Barkley has to come in, which, you know, hopefully Barkley can improve as well with with all these players coming back. Um, so yeah, there's there's a lot of benefits, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, Josh, do you have anything to say on that as well? Yeah, I mean, like real quick. I, I was just I was just thinking like, how many times did Aspie get in behind today? Like, at least many. ten. Many. At least ten. Yeah. If Reese James is playing. I'm sorry, but that game could have easily ended eight two. Like, <laughs> I, 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 I'm not, I'm not even joking. Like, if he, if he gets in behind the number of times Aspie does, he, he's, he's lethal. He's gonna find Tammy's head every single yeah. time. Mm. And when he finds yeah, Tammy's yeah. head, what's Tammy gonna find? The back of the net. So it's like <laughs> back of the net. Yeah. Like when, when these guys get back, if we're gonna have this, if teams are gonna give us this much space, they're fucked. <laughs> they, like, they are so fucked. Like they shouldn't bother turning up. Like, like say like Liverpool next weekend. Like I know we'll get onto this in a little bit, but I mean, Liverpool, you guys aren't gonna do this because you're elite side, unfortunately. Because I hate you guys. I hate you with passion. <laughs> but the passion if, is true. <laughs> if you're if you're dumb enough, if you are dumb enough to let a fresh ready and raring to go Reese James get around the back of you it's game over you're screwed Van Dyke can't do anything I'm sorry like Tammy Abraham that's another thing as well if Tammy goes up against Van Dyke and does and performs again like we we need to start getting respect from the rest of the league now but anyway I'm yeah obviously all three of those guys are going to be massive when they come back. And like Miss said, 4-3-3 is the way to go. I like the back three for now, but once we get to 4-3-3, it's the formation that suits us the best. It's the most pleasing on the eye. And most importantly, it's the formation that's most likely to get us the three points. And and just to add on that, Josh, as well, with, with the players that Dami has said, you know, with Reese James and Loftus-Cheek and Kalamaton Adoy, there's a lot of explosiveness in these names. You know, the pace that these three boys have, you know, they could literally take three steps yeah. from one side to another field and boom, they're into the opposition half. Um, it, it, these guys are going to scare the hell out of defenders. And But having said that, they've got to do a really good job defensively as well. They've, it's not all about attack. They've got to drop back. They've got to defend tightly, hardly. And um, and this is what Frank wants. And, and and I don't know if you guys have noticed in the press conference, Frank Frank constantly talks about I need these players to be conditioned. I'm not going to have these players back until they're conditioned. And what I mean by and I feel what what he means by that is he wants them to run. He doesn't just want mm-hmm. them to run forward. He wants them to run backwards as well, just as quick. Mm-hmm. So, man, I'm getting goosebumps once again talking about this. So I can't wait for these boys to come back. Okay, perfect, perfect. I mean, obviously. Everyone knows my opinion on freaking Ruben Loftus-Cheek, Reese James. 
and Callum. So you guys have basically hit the nail on the head, and I'm not going to go into more, I'm not going to go into detail at all on that. So now I'm going to we have two questions here, but I think they both segue into each other really nicely. So for starters, at CFC Solly asks. What are your thoughts on Tomori breaking into the first team? And to follow that up at FTBL James underscore from all things Charles underscore, mm-hmm. I mean James basically is asking what mm-hmm. the first choice centre back pairing, assuming we go back to a back four. So we answer um, Jack's question first, Jack Sully, then James. So yeah, look, uh, f- for me, I said it after the Sheffield game that. <clears throat> It, it'd be too difficult to drop Tamori after that game. He put, put for me. He had the better game against Sheffield as the uh, as the two uh, centre backs. Um, he looked far more astute than Zuma. Um, looked far more comfortable with the ball. Um, yes, sure. People could have said uh, he wasn't positioned well for a couple of those goals that we conceded, but nonetheless, he looked a lot very, very um, you know comfortable. So I'm glad he has started again against Wolves, uh, albeit in the in the back three. Um, and moving forward, to be honest, I can't see how you drop this guy now. Like, it, it would really devastate this kid's, um, you know, confidence. And now he's scored as well. And, and he shows a lot of enterprise going forward. He's very resolute in defense as well. Can he improve? Hell yeah, he can. He's not the final product as yet. But for me, uh, segue into James's question, I suppose. Who 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 can I picture as, as the... Um, uh, so hopefully I answered Jack's question. I definitely do see him uh, break into our uh, 11. Uh, and now into James's question, who do I see as our centre-back partnership for now? At the moment, as I said, I can't drop Tomori. I have to have him. And if that means him and Rudiger, Rudiger is probably the other one where you know he's, he's, he's a shoot with, with the ball. But Christiansen, after that match against Wolves, has shown his defensive qualities again and how massive he is as a, as a defensive stronghold. So for me, definitely Tamori has to keep going. It's a fight between now Christiansen and Rudiger. Rudiger, I think he picked up another injury yesterday, even though it was precautionary that he was off after 45 minutes. So we may see a little bit more Christiansen. Um, Zuma, unfortunately, I had so much faith in this particular lad before the start of the season. I actually tipped him to be our best defender. And it's sad that I, I would have to have him now as our you know, the fourth choice in, in defense. So um, it's sad, but it's the reality. And, and hopefully he does wake up and starts um, putting in those effort. For me with Zuma is that the inconsistency just kills me. Um, you know, he has games where he does well, but then he has games where he laps of concentration or and also he doesn't look completely comf- comfortable with the ball at times. Mm, okay, that's perfect, perfect. So, Josh, what are your thoughts on that as well? So, I mean, obviously, I mean, I think Tamori, he's done way too good to get dropped now, I think. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, I think him breaking into the first team is absolutely fantastic because he's one of the boys, isn't he? You get what I mean? So, I'm actually so glad that he's finally breaking into the first team. And yeah. I also think I'd have the exact same, uh, the exact same uh, centre-back pairing as uh, like Miss said, Rudiger and Tamori for me has to be uh, the starting centre back pairing moving forward if we're going to play a back four. And yeah, it's kind of sad that I mean everyone was hyping up Zuma as well, but in reality he hasn't. He has unfortunately dropped the fourth choice centre back, 
and it has to be Christensen at the moment. So, I mean, yeah, Josh, I'll let you wrap on, on those I I am not so sure about Zuma dropping to the fourth spot. I mean, if we're going to be completely, if I'm going to be completely honest here, the fourth spot for me, it's Rudiger. And this is because mm-hmm. Rudiger, okay. for me, he's a very reactive defender. For me, in terms of actual defending, you know, in terms of reading the game, I think he's quite poor at it. Mm. Um, I think in, you know, in, in, in a title-winning side, Rudiger is a squad player for me. Um, when I see Zuma and when I see, like, Christensen, when I see Tamori, I see centre-backs that know how to read the game. I see, obviously... You know, Rudiger, he he has the technical ability, but I mean, I feel like it's sort of a myth that has been made up about Zuma not being technically that great. Like, I I remember watching him, you know, at Everton. I remember watching him a while ago. And I mean, even a few weeks ago when he played against Sheffield United, he was spraying passes, 60-yard balls across the pitch. So, I mean, technically, Zuma is fine. I think that whole thing about Zuma being a, a, a bit worse off with the ball is completely a myth. I think Tamari and Christensen are also really good on the ball. I think, you know, out of those four center backs, they're all really good on the ball. It's just, for mm-hmm. me, if I'm going to have to pick a starting two, I'm going to have to go with Zuma and Tamari. For me, Zuma, he reads the game really well, and the goals that look like they're his fault if you watch them back and like take everything out of real time and take like the emotions out of everything and you watch them back, you really look at it and you think, okay, Zuma, like for example, for the own goal against Sheffield United, the cross shouldn't have come in in the first place. And Zuma did everything he could and positioned himself in a place for the worst. And he just got really unlucky. Mm-hmm. I think as well, like, if we're to play Christensen, um, especially in, against a lot of physical teams, he's going to get bullied. Because I really like Christensen. However, there's one thing he doesn't have. It's strength. And Zuma, as we all know, strong as an ox. So Zuma and Tamori, for me, I think they complement each other both really well. And I feel like once we go back to a back four, the most important thing that Frank needs to do is whoever he decides his two best center backs are, stick with it and let them gel. Because that's really what the season's all about. It's about the players, and especially the youngsters, coming up and forming what they had at youth level at first-team level. And and just to add to that as well, Josh, uh, look, I completely respect you, man. There's a lot of people that think like that as well, and and, and each to their own and how they see the game. Um, but I definitely understand why you'd think you know, Zuma is probably a little bit better than Rudiger. Look, let's let's not make any mistakes about Rudiger's error prone as well. We've seen him, you know, yes. be, be in the back of a lot of errors last season. Um, just to add to what you've said uh, is, you know, once Reese comes back, you never know. Zuma might might start looking better because of that, um, you know, the ability of of Reese exactly. to run up and down. Which Aspi didn't have, uh, doesn't have so far this season, and, and and which sometimes makes it look like it's Zuma's fault. But you, you may be right that it may not be his fault. Um, you know, when someone like Reese 
comes in and every every 11 player in in that pitch does their job um he he may he may look like a million dollars so uh, yeah happy to be uh you know wronged in that in that scenario 100 percent um the only the reason why i say it's inconsistent is i've seen some parts of the game where you know he definitely does read the game well which is true but certain times that lapse of concentration or at certain times where you know uh, where he could be a lot more tighter or where he could you know nullify the situation a lot better and that's probably and this is me i guess being critical of him but i guess we should hold our judgment until everyone is fit and back and then let's see what what truly happens i suppose but yeah tomorrow for me has to continue on I agree with you guys, but there is one I don't want to take up too much time because we're running out of time for this episode. But one thing about centre backs is that, and correct me if I'm wrong, because personally I feel, you know, you can't start Tomori and Christensen together. You can't start Rudiger and Zuma together. For me personally, I think there you can have two of the same style of centre back playing at the exact same time. Do you mm. get what I mean? So I, I, feel I like, agree. I feel like Tomori and Christensen are the same style of centre-back. Like, I mean, Tomori and Christensen are not going to do your dirty tackles. Definitely not. I mean, Tomori's a lot <laughs> stronger, yeah. But you're not going to catch him doing the kind of tackles that Zuma or Rudiger are going to do. You get what I mean? Yeah, true. And vice true, versa. True. So yeah. Rudiger and Zuma are that style of defender. So the reason why I've selected Tomori and Rudiger is because at the moment... I feel they like Tomori is the be- exactly the complete. So that's what I'm saying. So if you're going to have any pairings whatsoever in my in my book, anyways, it's got to be either Tomori and Zuma or Tomori and Rudiger or Christensen and Zuma and Chris or Christensen and Rudiger. You can't have Rudiger and Zuma. You can't have Christensen and Tomori. So for me, I feel like Tomori is the better of the two at the moment between Christensen and Tomori. And I feel like Rudiger is the better of the two between Rudiger and Zuma at the moment. If you get what I mean. So that's why I'm saying. So I don't think... So let me let me um, fix retract that old team and fix it up. There isn't a fourth choice centre-back in the sense that I don't think all of them could pair up with each other. I don't think I don't, I don't yeah. know if you guys yeah. understand what I'm trying to say, but I mean I think that's how it is. To be fair, no, I think I understand what you mean. Yeah, you're, what you're saying is there's, yeah, there's there's no fourth choice. It's more equal equal second choice and equal yes. first choice. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's what I, that's what my take is on it anyway. So yeah, I mean I think we're going to wrap up now. So I mean. Before we get onto the banter segment, so I mean, what do you what do you think of our next game? So what think what's going to happen in our next game? What are you predicting? Because I mean, Frank is going to be is extremely unpredictable at the moment. But I mean, before I get to you, Josh, Miz, like a, a minute or so, thirty seconds, yeah. Sure. Look, I I expect Frank to carry on. Uh, I think with the with the three, um, as long as Emerson's still injured and Kante is still injured. And um, I want him to continue on with the same intensity that he's played against Wolves and um, hopefully wipe Valencia out of here. Mm, mm. Josh, in less than 30 seconds. Yeah, I mean, I really hope the same. I mean, the Valencia game, it, it, it's its going to be very important because obviously we're at home. Um, we need to get the three points. Uh, a clean sheet would be very nice for confidence as well. Um, yeah, like I said, the three points are very, very important. 
um, because, you know, we just we want to get a positive start in the group. We want to make sure that, you know, we qualify for the round of 16 as quickly as possible. That way we can rest players and the games towards the end of the group become quite meaningless. Um, and yeah, I mean, how do I think we'll fare? I mean, this Valencia side, I, they're okay in my opinion. However, I, I definitely think that we are the better side. Um, and yeah, I, th- I think that we will win this game, especially co- the, coming off the back of the way we played today. Um, yeah, I mean, it's very, very promising. And just giving a sneak peek ahead to Liverpool next weekend at the bridge, which is going to be a massive game. Um, I mean, I think we have a little bit of an advantage in that as well, simply because Liverpool, they in massive games at the bridge, especially ones that Frank Lampard has been involved in, we have always usually come out the better. And Liverpool also have to make a trip on Tuesday, the same day we're playing at home, Liverpool are away to Napoli. So Liverpool will have to fly and they could be a bit jet lagged, whereas we will be fresh having just played a game at home. So these are the slight advantages that could give us um, an upper hand in that game. So yeah, I'm thinking that we will beat Valencia. And then in terms of the Liverpool game, I, I don't really know, but I'm feeling quietly confident going into that game as well. Hmm. Okay, fair enough. So, I mean, for me, I'm going to do this in like 10 seconds. But basically, I think Valencia, I don't know what Frank's going to do. I'm expecting a 3-4-3, but he might just, I mean, like he done today, I mean, or yesterday, he could just, I mean, I don't know with Frank anymore, but I'm expecting us to win that. <laughs> and uh, against Liverpool, I'm not going to lie to you, I'm not going to allow a 5-2 win against Wolves gas me up against Liverpool because... Them lot can dismantle us, especially with our defensive problems. You get what I mean? You get so yeah. we were quite comfortable on the ball against Wolves today and everything. But if that was Liverpool, they would have been like the press would have been a lot more intensive. You get what I mean? So I'm not gonna, mm. I'm not, I'm not, I'm expecting Frank to do what he did against Liverpool in the Super Cup again. Start for Giroud. I mean, you never know. We don't know with Frank. You really don't know with Frank. But yeah, I'm expecting a win against Valencia. And Liverpool, not to be pessimistic, but I'm expecting an L. So, we move on to the banter segment. So, Miz, I'm guessing you're wondering what on earth the banter segment is. So, basically, it's just like a fancy name for to get to know our guest a little bit better, if you get mm-hmm. what I mean. So, that's basically what the banter segment is. So, can you tell the audience a bit more about yourself? Sure. Um, I'm 34, uh, married, have a... Uh, He's almost two. He's one month away from being two. His name's Ilhan. Um, I'm a business analyst, and um, I love love uh, my club Chelsea, and uh, love you know watching all Chelsea games, um, and uh, yeah, enjoying my enjoying my time in football. Twitter. I joined Twitter quite a while back, actually, but probably really really started getting involved a lot more from the start of last season. Um, it was a very very you know, challenging and exciting season. So it was it was fun. Um, created the 12th Man Movement, uh, made a lot of great friends, met a lot of <laughs> enemies as well, which is a bit sad. Um, uh, and they, they, those guys are still after me, uh, as you guys probably notice uh, in, in, in the Twitter timeline every now and then. Um, and I like to have so, a bit of fun uh, with the journalist. <laughs> yeah. It's all <laughs> so, <see> <laughs> 
So and and like to have a bit of fun with the journalists as well with with how sometimes um they can be a bit biased and uh, I like to have a dig at them. So yeah, that's that's a bit a bit about me, uh, I suppose. Uh, keeping it all things football, I suppose. All right. So I'm guessing you've been a Chelsea fan for quite a while, right? I mean, since 2010, right? Uh, no, I've been a Chelsea. So I'm 34. I've I probably probably really started following Chelsea when I first came to Australia about 1997. Um, but probably started following Chelsea from 1998, um, okay. just pre-Roman era. Um, you know, we, we still had players like, you know, Dennis Wise and, um, you know, still remember Deschamps, Desai, um, you know. Uh, so, yeah, those those initial days, I think I still remember uh, Viali, um, a bit of, bit of Viali managing us and, um, you know, Gianfranco Zola was playing as well. So, yeah, those, those are... St- Early days for me, um, and then obviously the crux of it was, you know, when when Roman took over and um, uh, and 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 he um, really took off for us. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. So, but I have a question from at CFC Alex Twenty. I'm guessing you know him as Alex, but mm-hmm. he's asking, what is your favorite Chelsea moment? Favorite Chelsea moment? Look, I think it's for all of us. I can say the night in Munich, 2012. I still remember that game. Um, watching it in in my um, in my house. Um, it, it's it, it's very early in the morning in Sydney when we watch Champions League games. It's 4:30 a.m. in the morning. Everyone's still asleep. Um, yeah, I, I remember how you know the the emotions of that game. I, um, Pretty sh- I still remember I was in tears after the game when, when we finally won. It was so, so electric um, being able to, I think a few years before that, where we were where we were not able to win against Man United, um, unluckily. So it was um, fantastic to see us lift that cup and um, all those elite players, you know, being able to lift the European Cup. So for me, that was a great moment. The other great moment would be the first time I went to Stamford Bridge, which was end of... Um, Mourinho's second stint um, I think it was 2015-2016 season yeah yeah, it was by the time I watched the game so the match I watched was in December 21st Watford game it was a 2 all game uh, Mourinho had already gone it was uh, Gus Hiddink who took over um, yeah goosebumps you know getting off the um, tube station and taking that walk um, into Stamford Bridge Um seeing all those people um, and then in the stadium, the electric sort of sound and the lighting, um, you know, show. And then when the game started, um, you know, players like Diego Costa was there. Um, Oscar was there. Oscar's the one who missed that penalty to, to win us the game right at the end. I still have that video where I was, you know, videoing it, hoping that he would score the penalty and we'd win, but he missed it and that ball's still traveling, I heard. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, yeah, those were two fine moments for me and obviously there's a whole heap of title winning um, moments that we've had so but those two definitely the, the finest moments mm. now another question from one of our listeners at 11 Oscar JJ is asking your favourite pl- Chelsea player of all time or she says favourite player of all time I'm assuming Chelsea player but yeah favourite player of all time favourite player of all time I'll, I'll go with Chelsea 
player um, that have to be Frank Lampard for me. Um, growing up, I saw a lot of Frank Lampard. Um, you know, as I said, you know, starting from 1998, I was I was still young. I was like 12, 11, 12 years old, but really started understanding football in in my late teens, I suppose, and that was more Frank Lampard era. Um, you know his devastating goals, the late runs um, that he would make into the box, and and even even the long range goals as well, the free kick goals. Um, so all of that for me, he was my uh, all time Chelsea uh, player, um, all time greatest, I suppose. Uh, all over is you know, there's there's a fine debate between you know Messi and Ronaldo. Um, we all know Messi's a phenomenal player, but for me, Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, yeah, I just love the guy. How how his his athleticism and you know nothing nothing is gifted to this guy. You know, whereas Messi, God's blessed him. God has given him everything to go and just explore and just annihilate. Whereas Ronaldo, yes, God has given him a lot of talent, but he's worked his back off for 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 all of this stuff. Um, and that's what I like about him. And I love his arrogance. You know, I love I love football players when they when they show arrogance, but they can back it up. You know, that cheeky arrogance. Um, yeah. Especially when 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 um, uh, Simeone last season with the with the with the gesture after you know they won against Real and then uh, sorry uh, against Juventus and then when um, Ronaldo's hat trick won the match against uh, Atletico and knocked Atletico out and, and and that arrogance that Ronaldo showed post match. With that, with that gesture, the, um, we all know. I'm not going to go into it, um, but this is what I like about that guy, man. He's just, and I don't know if you guys have seen when he won the Euro um, recently, the speech he made in the dressing room. You know, that's a leader for me. You know, the way he talks, the way he points out to his manager, and he points to him and goes, "It was all because of you. You believed in this group when no one believed in it." Um, yeah, for me, he will go down as, you know, because I, I pretty much grew up in his era. Uh, there's obviously other fantastic players around him. But for me, he is probably my all-time greatest. A bit controversial, but that's that's what it is. No, I don't think it's controversial if you ask me. I think everyone has their own selectives. I mean, I know mine is definitely messy first. Mm. I mean, you guys don't care about me, so yeah. But I mean, it's messy. And I know Josh is Bakayoko, so yeah, I mean, generally... Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, yeah, generally speaking, it's... Uh, it's Bakayoko? I mean, I, I think I think you mispronounced Lee Cattermole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm even being nice, to be fair. But yeah, I mean, I know Josh has some questions for you, Miz, but I mean, my final question... This is a bit of an interesting one. So, like I said, it's the banter segment. It has really, it has to do with your Twitter account. But I'm sure you were expecting this question. Where mm. did the hand come from? You know the legendary <laughs> hand gesture. For those of you who have never watched Mrs. Videos, you should, by the way. They are really, 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 really good. Honestly, and I'm not just trying to blow smoke up Thank his you. ass. They are really, really good. He has this thing where if he's going to go after someone, he has. I don't know how to describe it. But he has the hand, you know exactly what I'm talking about, Miss. Can you just, in like about 30 seconds to a minute, just tell us where that came from? To, to be honest, it's it's the very first few videos that I made and I realized it was a natural reaction for me. Um, mm. The way I start my videos is I, I like to start by saying, I've got a message for you. So mm. so it, it automatically then brings my hand out and points to the video and, and, and I want to get personal with that person that I'm mm. sending the message to. And, I guess that's how it all started. 
which then obviously erupted last season. Um, you know, I went after uh, Liam Toomey. He was my first person that I went after, and he retweeted that, and that I remember got about 85,000 um, views, that particular video from off the back of that. A lot of people started enjoying the hand, and then I went on a bit of a bit of a mission um, and, and went after a few of the other journalists, and, and the, the hand slowly but surely just became famous, or uh, well, infamous, I suppose. I know your favourite journalist at the moment has to be Nizak in Taylor, I'm certain. <laughs> but let's not go straight into details. So, Josh, what questions do you have for Miz today? Right, Miz. So, I, I don't know, let's see. Obviously, I'm still quite young. I'm 17. So, mm. I mean, I, I haven't seen as much as you've seen. But I, I like to think that I've seen, you know some really 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 cool goal celebrations in my time whether that be like you know the drug but guitar celebration um mm. a, a classic knee slide mm. Adebayor running in front of the arsenal fans yes or my personal favorite which is not even a chelsea one it's mario balotelli at old Trafford. Yes. Yes. why why always me that well, is the best celebration of all time in my opinion but anyway, what is your go-to celebration, if you have one, or what is your favorite celebration of all time? This is a really nice question, to be honest. It's it's a creative question. Um, for me, I can never go past Hazard's knee slide. Oh, man, yeah. every time he puts one of those in and he runs into the corner and that slide, you just want to yeah, oh, wow, there's... you know. <laughs> there's a lot of sauce in that. And, and Yeah, and, and... that is actually very true, to be fair. That and and the fans, when they see him slide, you just know, we, we are winning this. You are not, opposition's got no chance after he takes a slide. So <laughs> I love that. Um my, my personal sort of other favorite at the moment, and this is a very, very left field, um, me coming from a Muslim background, I love seeing when, you know, players like Salah, when he scores and he does the, you know, it's called sujood, so which is, you know, he goes down uh, on his knees and he puts his forehead on the on the, on the the ground. Um, and, and basically it's like appreciating, you know, the, the blessings that he's getting from God uh, up above. And I love that, man. That's that, that kind of touch from a from coming from a religious background i just love seeing that kind of things from from players or even when william when he goes on his knees and he points to the um, you know lord above with his two fingers up and i love that because these players we sometimes forget you know they're they're not just players they're human beings as well um and there's a lot of emotions with these guys yeah we rip into them you know we we smash them in social media we make fun about them we make we glorify them as well but these guys, you know, they they go out there, they train twenty four seven. They there's so many things they they're restricted to do, and when you see celebrations like that, you go, you know what? That's that's humble, man. That's praising the Lord above and thanking them for everything. You know, even even players like Zuma the other day when I saw just before the match against Sheffield, you know, he put the two hands up and he was praying. He's praying to the Lord above that you know whether it be look after me, make sure I'm injury free in this match. Uh, make sure I have a very good team uh, game and make sure my team wins. Uh, love seeing that. Love seeing that sort of human element um, from from the players. Mm. Mm. I mean, yeah, I mean, I agree with you, to be fair. I agree. That's like, it reminds me of Messi's celebration as well. 
you know the way he puts his hands up as well and he does like run around the pitch I don't know about you guys but when I play FIFA I like to spam that as well and there was the one time I know this is off course nah it's the banner segment I can do what I want but yeah so basically <laughs> yeah. Like, there was the one time there was the one time like I was playing FIFA and like you know you can get the celebration I've forgotten what the exact controls are but you can get them to raise up their hands and like mm. point to the sky while running so I got Messi to do that and like my game just hung so he kept on running around the pitch, like, regardless. And he ran into the crowd as well. doing like He just ran out of the stadium doing that. It was absolutely amazing. But, yeah, Josh, do you have any other questions for Miz? Yes, I have my one and final question. Right, mm-hmm. so a certain YouTuber, I don't know if you know him, but a certain YouTuber that goes by the name of Have Hope Football Hut, he has recently come out saying that Chelsea are winning the Champions League and it's it, it's it's destiny. It's our destiny this season. Um, so, my question to you is, do I believe HH, as he's known as, and after this podcast, buy flight tickets to Istanbul before they shoot <laughs> through the roof? <laughs> Or or do I miss out on a chance of seeing Chelsea in the Champions League final? Because, because, I don't know. I mean, if, if it happens, like, uh, I promise myself next time Chelsea are in a Champions League final, I'm going to be there. So, yeah, what, no, obviously not tonight. That bit was a joke, but, <laughs> and this is, this whole bit is really a joke, but. Could you see us winning the Champions League this season? Wow. Um, it, <laughs> to be honest, no. <laughs> I mean, if, <laughs> if, if, if I was to say yes, um, you know, people are going to call me deluded. Um, yeah, yeah. Look, I don't know if you guys have noticed my pinned tweet, um, which is still there, and it's going to be there till the end of the season. I'm saying that we're going to hopefully reach the quarterfinals of the Champions League. Um yeah, looking at our group stage, should we shouldn't have troubles to get out of that group stage into the next stage, um, second round, um, and then hopefully we get a cheeky second round opposition and we can make it into the quarterfinals. But after that, man, there are some serious contenders out there. Um, you know, the likes of Barcelona cannot be, um, you know, d- diminished. I suppose Liverpool, Man City. Um, it's it's gonna take an epic epic you know situation for us to win it. You can never say no in football, but this is definitely a massive long shot. So to answer your question, Josh, I wouldn't get too friendly yet to to buy the tickets for Istanbul. <laughs> um, uh, I would I would I would try and see if, if I can get maybe a quarterfinal one. Um, and uh, well, I don't know if they're going to be on sale at the moment, but. I can see Chelsea make it to the quarterfinals for sure. Yeah, I mean, I guess just to wrap up this last part, like for me after and when we get the round of 16 draw, for me, I'm really hoping that we get someone. I want a big name. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want like a Liverpool or a City because I think they're both going to probably top their groups. However, yeah. a Real Madrid that would be tasty because why i not? know why not bring him on uh, after 
after seeing the way that Real Madrid are playing, after seeing the way that, that midfield plays, I'm just thinking, I have visions of us going to the Bernabeu and ruining them. Literally ruining them. And it's not, it's like, <laughs> you know, Real, they have all these players, they have all this, but like, obviously they've got Hazard, but I, I just, I have this vision, the way they play, especially with Cruz, that absolute Toyota Prius. And I don't know if you guys <laughs> understand what you mean when I say that, but <laughs> AKA slow as fuck, does not move. But, <laughs> oh, um, God. Yeah, I mean, I, they would be amazing, but any, really, any big team, because it's just, I feel as Chelsea, and, you know, it's the way it's kind of always been, we're always doubted, you know, everyone's always like, Chelsea, who who are these guys who are like, yada, 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 they said it last season, we proved them wrong, the people that said it last season, they're now in the Europa League, so I mean, <laughs> it's like, Every year you guys say this, and we shut you up, so it's like, I like it. It's kind of like the fool never learns his lesson sort of thing. So, mm-hmm. I, I really hope we do, and yeah, I mean, Dami, do you have any final thoughts? Well, I mean, personally, I'm going to put Miz on the spot right now for the last question before we round up on the episode. So, sure. do you have anything else you want to say, Josh, before, because after this... No, I mean, I've, I, I have... I have said what I was going to say and yeah. Yeah. Let's let's right. let's do this. Miss hmm. with the exclusion of at Matisse Armani, can you please give me your top five Twitter accounts in less than thirty seconds? Your favorites. Go. Sure, sure. Um singer, I don't remember his at, but he's 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 another guy who's um you know he's been there for with me since the beginning, so definitely him. Um, <clears throat> top five is very tough because for me, yeah. Matisse and Singer is very good. Dami, I definitely enjoy you a lot, man. Um, you always support me, appreciate me, and we always have great discussions. So I'm definitely going to put you in there as well. James, Ooh. James, yes, Football James. He's going to be in my top five. Yeah. He's he's one I'm absolutely enjoying um, having a discussion, and you know, he's what everything that he's doing in all things Chelsea is fantastic. Michaela is another one. Um, with SW6 Daily, he's a fantastic, yeah. phenomenal um, account. Uh, I think he's just hit 2K, so congrats to him. Um, how many that's been? Four. Oh, so without Matisse, so that's three. Um, Chelsea man Ryan, he's one of my Aussie that's mates who I've yeah, and 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 um, I've met up with him uh, over here in in uh, Sydney when he's come over. So yeah, that's that's my my roundup, I suppose. Fair enough. Honored to be on that as well, you know. But <laughs> nice. yeah, man. So before, yeah. So that's pretty much been it this episode, man. Miss, thank you so much for coming on. Finally, yeah, thank on. you. Thank this has you. been in no making for well over a month now, isn't it? Josh, how long have we had this planned for? It's been well over a month, definitely. Oh, uh, I, I mean, it's been, it's been like, oh, God, it's like mid-August. Dami's messaging me. I, I, I had this guy, Miss. We can get on. You know, we can get this guy miss. Yeah, it's been ever since then, and it's it's <laughs> long time coming, but it's been it's been a great great episode. I can swear to God, it was in July, not August. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Miss, do you have anything to plug before we close off this episode? Um, before I plug, I want to firstly say thank you heaps to uh, Dami yourself and Josh. It's been an absolutely brilliant episode. Um, love talking. 
talking, you know, intellectual stuff about the game, which is, which is, you know, beneficial for our fan base as well. Um, you know, we, yeah, the sky is blue. <laughs> I'm sick and tired of seeing tweets from, you know, big accounts sometimes, or even little accounts where it's just so. <laughs> You know, us as a fan base, we should talk about the game in this manner um, and, and learn from each other, uh, be open to each other's um, perspective um, and keeping things respectful. Um, and um, so, yeah, thank you for that, guys. And secondly, guys, um, if you haven't followed me, it's at Ms9Rahman. Um, you can catch my videos. You can catch my YouTube channel, other, other, the other side of the coin. Um, you can catch my th- analysis and you can definitely catch some cheeky tweets as well um mostly factual stuff very rarely do i do a cheeky ones um i'm I'm not as quirky as matisse or some of the other guys um i'm more factual i try and keep it facts based and um yeah i've got a lot of affiliation with now with all things chelsea so do please follow them and sw6 daily where i do my segment which is called um ms mondays which is going to be tomorrow so yeah um that's that's pretty much it uh, for me. Subscribe to my channel. That'd be great. Yeah. Perfect, man. Thank you for coming on to the podcast as well. Really, really do appreciate it. Honestly, really do. So, yeah, mm. that's pretty much been it. So, yeah, I mean, I really can't be asked to get an intro, an outro done. You lot, if you got to the end, cheers, I guess. I mean, if you got to the end, you're a real one, innit? So, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's that. So, yeah, thank you for coming on. I have to go edit this or force Josh to edit this or beg him to edit this. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I shall be catching you guys with Josh in the next episode with another guest. Hmm. You see, we're keeping them moving, innit? So, yeah, <laughs> thanks for listening, guys. Miss, thanks again for coming on. And No uh, problems. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, guys. M- yeah. Much pleasure. Yep. Yeah. All right, we'll catch you in the next episode. Bye-bye. See ya.